What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew. Welcome back to Founders Journal, my personal audio diary, where I give you, the business builder, the tools you need to think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, a team, or a new product. And no matter what you're building, you can agree that the way in which we build has fundamentally changed in the last 12 months. The change was pretty much instant for all of us, with most companies going from a 100% in-person work environment to a 100% remote work environment in a matter of days. At Morning Brew, this change not only required us to be flexible in adjusting to this new reality, but it also forced us to think hard about how we want to run our company once things return to normal. I want to walk you through our philosophy around Morning Brew's work environment since founding the company, as well as how we're thinking about the trade-offs of in-person and remote work as we think about what work means moving forward. Let's hop into it. For the first five years of Morning Brew, we never considered the possibility of working in a fully remote or distributed work environment. As young founders, we wanted to make things as simple as possible to build our business, and the added complexity of having remote workers was honestly just daunting to us. We feared having to think about things like managing multiple offices or maintaining culture when people aren't in the same location as you, or simply just the cost-benefit analysis of, on one hand, having smaller offices when you're remote, But on the other hand, having larger travel expenses for bringing remote employees to come to HQ. Not thinking about these things was easier, and it led us to maintaining a pretty rigid policy. For our first 50 hires, the policy was that all employees were expected to work in person in New York City five days a week. We said no to great candidates that weren't open to moving to New York City, And it also was a huge deal for us to approve our first employee who asked to work from home on Fridays. And while our aversion to remote work was well-intentioned, and it was smart in some ways because we were naive and first-time founders, it was also blinding at times. There is tremendous upside that work flexibility provides to founders, and we didn't have the mindset at the time to consider it. The first time we started talking seriously about relaxing our policy was when we started scaling our sales org significantly. As we started hiring more experienced and more expensive sellers, we discussed opening satellite offices or allowing remote work for our sellers for two reasons. First, salespeople can be very expensive, especially in New York City. And opening ourselves up to different markets would allow us to hire local salespeople that are great at what they do, but also less expensive. Second, sales is one part of any company that is most reliant on in-person relationships. Sure, you can have 80% of your meetings over Zoom, but for the big conversations around big deals, looking someone in the eye and shaking their hand is still an assumed way of doing business. Since many of our big clients are headquartered outside of New York City, we spoke about the benefit of having sellers stationed in major client cities like San Francisco, Chicago, Boston, and a few others. And we were talking about this possibility at the very beginning of 2020. And then the pandemic happened. 
which overnight forced us to rethink our whole worldview and how we run our business. In literally one day, the day was March 15th, 2020. I'll never forget it. We went from a 100% in-person company to a 100% remote company. And then something crazy happened. The business kept running. That realization made us question everything. We flipped the narrative. Before, it was asking ourselves, what benefit does working remotely provide to our business and our employees? Now, it was about what benefit does working in person provide such that it's worth inconveniencing our employees' time and lifestyles? The burden of proof had now been shifted to in-person instead of remote. And while we don't know our exact work setup post-pandemic, what I can tell you is that this new way of thinking will absolutely lead to a new way of working that sits somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. On one side, fully in person. On the other side, fully remote. It has also brought clarity around all of the trade-offs that any builder or leader needs to think about when deciding where they want to live on the spectrum. So let's start with the first important thing to consider, access to talent. Of all of the considerations that you should make when thinking about your work environment that you want to build for your company, I believe access to talent is actually the most cut and dry. By offering remote work, Morning Brew hypothetically would increase its potential talent pool from the tri-state area, which has 23 million people, to at the very least, all of America, which has 328 million people. There is no denying that by offering flexible work, you have a better chance of building a more talented workforce simply by the sheer size of your talent pool. Next is culture. This is where trade-offs come into play. A remote work environment can be a huge positive for work culture, given you have a larger pool of talent to hire from, so you have a better chance of hiring people that are aligned with your core values, which is a huge part of maintaining a consistent culture as you scale. It can also be a positive for culture because many people feel more comfortable to bring their whole selves to work when an expectation has been created for people to feel full flexibility in the work environment that they choose for themselves. But there can also be cultural challenges. First, by working from home, employees can feel a sense of FOMO. This is especially true when you have an office that several people come into and you're not in the major city in which that office is located. This is something that I've thought a lot about when we recently had a team get together for Morning Brew. The get together was in Madison Square Park in New York City. About 35 people showed up. It was awesome. But I spent a lot of time thinking about how do the other 50 people not in New York City feel during this event and what can we do to make them still feel a part of the social culture at the brew? And it's not an easy answer. Another challenge here is around communication of your company's culture. When everyone is working in person, you can make sure that your cultural pillars are clearly articulated, whether that be an employee handbook and gifts at your desk when you first start or just the overall feeling of culture that occurs when people are interacting in person. One thing to keep in mind, as I take you through these challenges, I just want to make it clear that these are challenges, not impossibilities. Many of the trade-offs that I'm taking you through are within a business's control, especially if you're remote. The third consideration 
is communication. What are the benefits of communication in a remote environment? Well, it's interesting because I think the benefits are actually the challenges as well. There is more friction in a remote work environment. It is harder to communicate in a digital environment to your team than an in-person environment where you can turn your chair around and ask everyone for their attention. But it's that increased friction that actually can be a good thing. A remote environment forces you to be more thoughtful about asking people for their time and attention. It makes you think twice about calling a meeting that could have just been an email, and it prohibits you from tapping a coworker on the shoulder when they're doing deep work and they don't want to be interrupted. That can be a massive benefit for a company. More thoughtful communication can lead to more efficient work and workers feeling more fulfilled in the work that they do because they feel more productive with the time that they have. And that's the challenge of remote communication as well. It requires you to be more thoughtful And if you're not thoughtful enough, things can fall through the cracks or be misinterpreted. Let's throw out a few examples. If you forget to consult a team member who's West Coast based, they may not be able to join an important meeting. If you don't think about how text is harder to read for emotion than body language, you may say something that's misconstrued by a coworker. If you haven't communicated the work hours that are expected of your team and people just see your Slack profile as set to available basically always, it may create stress for them because they assume you're always on. The next up is quality of work. Reasons why quality of work can be significantly better in a remote work environment comes down to doing work on your own terms. You get to work where you want, when you want, and the way in which you want. Part of this can be attributed to the benefits of remote communication I just mentioned. When it is harder to take someone else's time in a remote work environment, it allows for employees to do more focused, less distracted work that isn't riddled with interruptions. Just think about it. In person, anyone in the office can just decide to tap you on the shoulder, ask you to discuss something, or to pop into a conference room for a meeting. Even if you say no, The work that you've been doing is now interrupted and it'll take time for you to get back into your flow. In a remote environment, you can extend 15-minute increments of focused work into multi-hour increments of focused work because you don't have to deal with the distractions like in an in-person environment. It's interesting because a lot of people would say the challenge of remote work is distractions at home like pets and family. But what you have to remember is that our current work environment is anything but normal. And in a non-pandemic world, people hopefully will have more options to create a conducive and focused work environment. I actually think the biggest challenge in quality of work comes down to collaborative or creative work. While software has been created to simulate whiteboarding sessions and productive debates, there's something about being in the flow of an in-person deep discussion that I still think is hard to replicate out of office. Digital whiteboards are harder to follow than physical ones. Wi-Fi connection goes out in a virtual meeting, not in an in-person one. And body language is just way harder to read when you're not in the room with the person. The final consideration is employee happiness. There are obvious benefits of remote work, right? Flexibility to work exactly how you want to work, removing commute time and getting that back to do whatever you want to do, not having to relocate your life for a job. Those are all the things that can have a huge impact on an employee's satisfaction within your company. But I think a real trade-off that every company needs to think hard about 
is cultural FOMO and career FOMO. Like I said earlier, if you run a hybrid business where some employees are remote and others are in person, you run the risk of team members feeling like they are on the periphery of your company and its culture rather than a part of it, just like everyone else. The other type of FOMO here, and I think it's just as important, is career FOMO, in which remote employees worry about their trajectory and their ability to get promoted if they don't have the same face time with their manager that other members of their team do. I believe this is a preventable issue, but something that requires serious attention from leadership in a company. So where does that net out for Morning Brew and also for you as a builder? Here's my view. It shouldn't leave you with one answer. It should leave you with many possible configurations that sit somewhere on this spectrum of fully remote to fully in-person. It's up to you to think about the type of business you're in, the type of culture you want to build, and the trade-offs that I've acknowledged in how you want to build your business moving forward. While we're still figuring it out, I can assure you that Morning Brew will no longer be a 100% in-person business and will probably lean towards 50-50 moving forward. I would love to hear your thoughts on the future of work. What was the setup of your business before all of the craziness of the last year started? And how do you think that will be similar or different in this new normal? Shoot me an email at foundersjournal at morningbrew.com. I'd love to feature the top responses on social or in a future episode. And as always, thanks for listening. If you want to show support for the pod, leave a review on Apple Podcasts for Founders Journal. It is the number one way for me to grow listeners. Thanks so much in advance, and I'll catch you next episode. Hey, I'm Quincy, one of the social media managers here at The Brew, popping in to let you know that Founders Journal has its own social pages and we're having quite a party. We're sharing listener stories, we're answering questions, we're giving content recommendations. So if you're not following us, you're really missing out. Keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter, at FoundersPod, that's Founders, P-O-D. And you can also reach us via email at foundersjournal at morningbrew.com. I'll see you on the interwebs. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.